Good morning and welcome to this edition of Words from the Word of God. I'd like to start out by saying and apologizing for the time that has lapsed between recent broadcasts. My wife and I have been dealing with some serious illness here, and I just want to say by the uh, sustaining grace of God, we're finally getting back up on our feet. But I also want to thank all of those that have been praying for us. Uh, I've seen the Lord answer prayers, and I, I thank you so much for your prayers. And I'm so thankful that I can join with you today that we may share another word from the Word of God. Last time we were together, we were continuing our study concerning sin uh, as it is revealed in the Word of God. Now, last time we uh, began to look at Satan as he was revealed in the Word of God in his unfallen state. Uh, And that we will get into a little bit more detail today. Uh, And as we wrap up the study concerning Satan and his fall, uh, which we will see in later broadcast. Uh, but this morning, uh, and, you know, I, I realize some may scratch their head and uh, shake their head or, you know, turn this off uh, so they don't have to hear it. But many may ask, why do you speak so much against sin and Satan? Uh, you know, we must understand and I want you to understand something. I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture and kind of go into a little detail before we get into uh, the heart of the message this morning. But while we speak against sin and Satan, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 12, for we wrestle, and he's speaking to believers here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. The the Apostle Peter, uh, in his first epistle, chapter 5, verse 8, says, Be sober, be vigilant, because, listen, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Your adversary. Now, Satan is not only the believer's adversary, but he is the adversary and the enemy of all mankind. He is the sworn enemy of God. Now, if he is the sworn enemy of God, he is surely our enemy. And we must understand his his wiles, his, his deceiving ways. We must understand his ways that he brings men unto sin and this temptation and his, his uh, deception uh, that he brings upon mankind. We see that as pictured in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, but we must understand that we have an enemy. My friend, if you're living in sin and rejecting Christ and you're living in this world, you must understand uh, sin and Satan, darkness and death go hand in hand. I, I find it ironic that he is uh, identified as Lucifer, the son of the morning there in Isaiah 14. Uh, that that translates son of the morning translates into the shiny one or the light bearer and i think that's ironic because through his fall and being cast out of heaven with his sin and as he tempted eve and adam there in the garden of eden they sinned in disobedience against god uh, you know sin and death and darkness that light bearer uh, that that shiny one brings the darkness of death and cast it upon the whole human race now adam committed 
committed to sin and brought that, that sin in, as we will find. But we must understand that we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. We have an enemy, and that is sin. And that leads to darkness and death. There's no way around it. But there is a victor. There is a victor. Just as we have an enemy, we have a Savior. And that's the only way that you can overcome in this wrestling battle that we have day in and day out in this continuous action that we struggle with the powers of evil. The Apostle Paul said the Word of God tells us there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and uh, the Apostle Peter tells us in his epistle that he is our adversary. He is our adversary, the devil, and he identifies him. He's our enemy. So just as we have an enemy, we have a Savior. We have an eternal Savior, and his name is Jesus. I want to read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, speaking of Jesus himself likewise, took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lives subject to bondage. My friend, if you're without Christ, you're living in sin, you are subject to the bondage of death, darkness, and and the devil. You are following right in his footsteps, as we will find out in his rebellion and his sin. But I want to look just a few minutes at at him this morning, a little further in his unfallen state. Uh, Now I want to look at verse uh, 11 down through verse 15 of Ezekiel 28 right quick. The word of God tells us here in verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee. Listen, in the day that thou wast created, listen closely to verse 14, because we're going to look at this this morning. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Listen to verse 15. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Thou art the anointed cherub of heaven. You know, Satan, despite popular opinion, was not created the prime minister of evil. No, he was one that had access, the closest access, as we will see in the Word of God, to the throne of God. He was there. There's the cherubim surround and uh, or cover around the throne of God. And he was one of those cherubim that was revealed in the word of God. Now, there is no way that we have time to cover every scripture uh, concerning the cherubim. But I want to read uh, one scripture to you this morning from Revelation and give you an idea of his exalted position. He says, he was the anointed cherub to cover it. Uh, and I want to read Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, uh, down through verse 11 right quick. It says, and before the throne, and as I speak of John, he has been taken up in the spirit, and he's in the throne room of God. He has seen God sitting upon his throne. 
And he said right in verse 6, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts. Now that word beast there is a bad translation in the King James. It should be living ones, and these living ones are the cherubim spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 1, but they were full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like the flying eagle. And the four beasts, the living ones, had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Listen, they rest that night, day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when the beast, the living ones, give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are are and were created. My friend, Satan was created as an anointed cherub. We just read here in Revelation, and we will cover several things here on, in Scripture right quick this morning. But we must understand when he was created, he was not created the prime minister of evil. He was not even created sinful. It says there in verse 15 of Ezekiel 28 that he was perfect in all his ways. Ezekiel, the word of God through Ezekiel here describes him perfect in beauty and full of wisdom. That means he lacked nothing. It said, you fill up the sum, full of wisdom. He lacked nothing concerning heavenly wisdom. He had the closest access to, to the throne of God. He was anointed, which speaks, uh, he was probably in the highest of the angelic order. You know, we have the seraphim revealed there in Isaiah chapter 6, as he looked and saw God sitting upon his throne, and the seraphim from where above the throne, but the the cherubim, as we read here in Revelation chapter 4, and we'll read uh, some other things that they're responsible for as we go on here, but we must understand that he was perfect. That means when God looked upon his creation and he said, it is very good, he was looking upon this creation. Now, when were angels created? Uh, the the Word of God does not give us an exact time when they were created, but I believe the Job chapter 38 gives us an indication that they were when the universe and the world was created. And verse 1 of Job, Job chapter 38 says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare it, thou, if thou have understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations therefore fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Listen closely. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. The sons of God, they are in the Old Testament, and Job are translated into, and that 
is referring to the angelic beings that were created. Now, according to the word of God, it gives us some indication that they were there when he created and they, they shouted for joy and they sang uh, over his creation of the world and the universe. Um, and I'm not being dogmatic about that. I just, I'm just telling you that's what the word of God gives us here. But we must understand when Satan was created, he was created in perfection, the perfection of God, sinless. He was blameless until he was lifted up in his heart with his pride because of his beauty, and he wanted to exalt himself above the creator, God Almighty, the triune Godhead. Uh, but we see him here as the anointed cherub. He had access. He says that covereth. That, that means he had access. What did he have access to? To the mountain of God and God's very presence to his throne. Not only that, but he had access to the Garden of Eden. And we know that that is God's epitome of his most beautiful creation was the Garden of Eden. For it was perfect in every way before sin entered in. And um, then I want to look over here right quick at some uh, verses. I, I'm not going to read these. I don't have time to read these, but I want to give you some functions of the cherubim. Uh, we see in Genesis 3.24 that they were placed there to guard the way to the tree of life in Genesis 3.24. Exodus 25 and 37, uh, they over, overshadow or <coughs> overshadowing or hovering over the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies on the Ark of the Covenant. Not only that, in Ezekiel 26, 1 and 31, the prominent figure of decoration in the tabernacle as they were sewn into the curtains there. Uh, it's also significant that God said he will speak with men from above the mercy seat between from between the cherubim. Now he's speaking of the mercy seat there on the Ark of the Covenant where the Shekinah glory of God came down and spoke to man there. Uh, and that was in the Holy of Holies uh, in which the, only the high priest could enter once a year. Uh, not only that, but we find that it was he dwelt between the cherubim in Second Samuel six two, Second Kings nineteen five nineteen fifteen, First Chronicles thirteen sixteen, Psalms eighty verse one, Psalm ninety nine verse one, and Isaiah thirty seven sixteen. And depending on the, the translation, it could mean that he. Uh, spoke from above or between, as the King James Version says. And in Solomon's temple, the cherubim were widely used as decoration in 1 Kings 6.29, verse 32, chapter 7, verse 29. There are just a, these are just a few references to the cherubim or the cherub in the Word of God and their representation and task varies from place to place as we will find and you will find as you read through the word of God but listen to me they are regularly near the throne of God engaged in worship or service to the most high 
there is where Satan was placed when he was created. He was in the very presence of an almighty God, and yet he sinned. The, the, the creation wanted to exalt himself above the creator. I pray that you would be blessed. I thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sorry I went a little long today, but I think this is just important. Now, next time coming up, and I'd like for you to join us because we'll see Satan's sin in his fall in the upcoming broadcast. I pray that you be blessed. I thank you for joining us again. And I look forward to the next time that we can share in a word from the Word of God. God bless.